0: Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook and our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 243 of Sorta Awesome, you guys. It is also finally May. Believe it or not, the calendar just keeps ticking and we just keep going. And here we are in May as we record. And I'm sure as it will still be the case. As you all are listening to this, we are still in lockdown, in quarantine. You're probably going to hear in the background of my home, the twins in the room next door listening to a Spongebob movie or watching a Spongebob movie on their tablet. That has been their babysitter for a while.
1: (laughs) So don't mind the... Desperate times call for desperate measures, Meg. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I am ending my longtime embargo against Spongebob, which I think is so dumb because it does keep them entertained for a hot minute so I can get some things done, including jumping on the mic with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, my longtime friend and co-host, the creator of SimplyRebecca.com, Rebecca Rebecca Hoffer. Hi, Rebecca. How are you?
1: Hi. I mean, I'm hanging in there. We're doing it. (laughs) It's another day. That's about all I had to say.
0: (laughs) It's another Groundhog Day. You just get up and do it all again, right?
1: Last night, Grace asked me as I tucked the kids into bed, so what are we doing tomorrow? I'm like, it's the same thing. (laughs) Like literally every day, every day, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Here we are. Well, this week,
0: Rebecca and I thought it would be fun, speaking of the same thing, to return to an episode style or format, I guess you could say that we've done a number of through the years, Rebecca. You and I have been known to get on a microphone, and for no other reason than just the general amusement of the awesomes, we just start sharing our confessions. Some of them are great. Some of them are pretty cringy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why we continue to do this, but the awesomes seem to love it. And honestly, it's just so much fun. I can't resist. I really can't.
0: It's true. It's true. Well, I always say that confession is good for the soul. I mean, that's a saying for a reason. Rebecca and I have dug into our own personal and private lives to think about, hmm, what is the story that we can share that maybe the awesomes haven't heard from us yet? We've got some really good confessions that I think you're going to enjoy. Hopefully, if nothing else, it gives you a little hour of escape from the stresses of life right now. So we're going to get to our confessions. (laughs) Buckle up here in just a little bit. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do, Rebecca, with our awesomes of the week. Those of you who are longtime awesomes who've been here maybe for the whole five years that Sort of Awesome has been on the air, you know this. But if you're brand new to Sort of Awesome, you may not know that we stop every episode to tell you what is good and awesome and fun in our lives, whether it is a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product, whatever it is that's making life a little more awesome. We need all the awesome we can get right now. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week?
1: I am so excited to share with you guys a show that I have binged here recently. It's not my typical kind of show, but I loved it. The series is called Timeless, and oh. I watched it on Hulu. Timeless is like an action slash sci-fi slash history slash just a touch of romance type of show. And I watched it because our online friend, Erin Odom from The Humbled Homemaker, she's been here on the show a few times. And guys, I was talking to her on Boxer and she literally could not shut up about her massive obsession with this show. Now, Meg, I don't know if you can relate to this. I suspect you can. But sometimes when you get like so wrapped up into something, you just need to let all the words out about it, regardless Mm -hmm. as to whether or not the person you're talking to cares at all about what you have to say.
0: (laughs) Right? Like, yes. Like, oh yeah.
1: I just need to say these things. I know you don't know what I'm talking about. I know you don't really care, but I just I have to talk about this. And that was how Aaron was feeling about Timeless. And you know, I'm a sucker for a good binge. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a whim. Why not? Let's try it. Well, I liked it. This is what the show is about. In the first episode, we are introduced to Lucy. She's a college professor in the history department at her university. up by national security and asked to be part of a confidential mission. She learns that there has been a time machine that has been stolen. Oh, my. Our villain, Flynn, has stolen this time machine and is attempting to radically change history. But they have a backup time machine, super convenient.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very convenient.
1: (laughs) And Lucy is being asked to be part of a three-person team to travel through time and stop Flynn from changing history. So she's accompanied by Rufus, who is the time machine pilot, and by Wyatt, who is a military soldier sent to protect the team and ultimately to stop Flynn, stop him out. So each episode focuses on a different historical event, which I found really interesting. As somebody who doesn't typically enjoy history... I did really appreciate going back to a certain time, even learning more about that historical event. So they're going to places like the time period when there was the Abraham Lincoln assassination and the Alamo and the moon landing. And in the very first episode, we find out just how crucial it is to keep history exactly the same. Because when Lucy returns from that mission, she returns to this alternate timeline where her sister does not exist completely was wiped out. Oh, wow. So her job as a historian is not only to help the team kind of blend in and not stand out so much, but also to protect even the smallest of details about history to figure out why did Flynn take the time machine back to this particular period? What is it that he's trying to stop or change? Who do they need to protect? Who do they need to hunt down to help them, like, keep history the same like if you take away the assassination of Abraham Lincoln what does that do for the entire history of the United States so while there are some things that you would think that maybe they would want to go back in time and change some really awful horrific things it still has maintained our history to be what it is today and their job isn't to like take away all the bad things protect all the people keep everybody alive no their job is to make sure that history goes exactly as it did and the right people die, and the right people live, and all of that. Okay. Dang, that is quite a concept. It's really very nuanced and layered, and there's a lot to think about. One thing that I really appreciated about the show is the aspect and the commentary that they did on race and on sexism and women's rights, because they were going back in time with Wyatt. He's a white man. Lucy, a white female, and Rufus, a black man. So there'd be so many times when Rufus was talked down to or questioned why he was involved with these people. How could he be trusted just because of his race? And the same thing with Lucy. There's this one scene where she goes into a bank and she asks if she can open up an account. And the bank teller says, well, do you have permission from your husband or your father? And there's just all of these layered things in there that are just really fascinating. Also, I will say that it's a really clean show. There's no nudity. There's no bad language. It was previously on NBC, so a network television show. So there's not going to be anything super questionable or racy about it. There is a lot of gun violence, a lot of shooting, some stabbing, but none of it is particularly gory. So I feel like it's a pretty safe show. I would say you could even probably watch it with your teenagers, even if you're not opposed to the gun violence, if that doesn't bother you. So it was on NBC in 2016. It ran for two seasons and then was canceled. So it's not a super long binge. But then at the end, they recorded a special two hour episode to kind of wrap everything up. I don't know if you remember, I talked about an experience I had binging a show that was canceled after the last episode had aired and everything was just left at this huge cliffhanger. That does not happen with Timeless. They really do kind of wrap things up. You're still left with some kind of questions of like, well, how exactly did this work? And what exactly did this mean? But for the most part, they really give you a satisfying ending. And it's not a super long binge because it's only two seasons. So I watched it on Hulu. Highly recommend it. Again, the name of it is called Timeless. So
0: great. I am very intrigued, Rebecca. As you were listing all of the different features going on in the plot, I'm like, yeah, that checks that and that and that on my list of sounds really good and well worth the binge. So love it. Well, my awesome of the week, this week also is something to watch. Funny how that works out since we're all (laughs) watching so much right now. But I am obsessed with This show, it was recommended in this sort of awesome hangout group by several awesomes. It's called Kim's Convenience, and you can find it on Netflix. Are you familiar with Kim's Convenience at all?
1: So I saw some of the buzz about it in the hangout group, and I thought, okay, people are really raving about this show, so I need to give it a try, but I haven't looked it up yet. Tell me what it's about.
0: Yeah, let me give you the rundown. I'm totally obsessed with this show. It is a Canadian TV sitcom that originally premiered on CBC television in October of 2016. And it features a Korean family, the Kims, who run a convenience store in a neighborhood in Toronto. So the show is based on a play also called Kim's Convenience, written by Inns Choi. And it follows this family. They've owned this convenience store in this neighborhood for a long time. It follows the parents, Appa and Amma. That's Korean for dad and mom. And then they have two children, Janet, And At the beginning of the series, Zhang, their son, is estranged from the parents, and that's kind of a big plot point in the first season. But it follows this family in just their day-to-day life as they run this convenience store in this little neighborhood in Toronto. And so from the outset, it's like, well, what would be so interesting or fascinating about that or obsession-worthy? But Rebecca, this... (sighs) This sweet little show is like one of the best, it is comfort food for your very soul. And you do not have to be Korean or familiar, I don't even think with Asian culture to really get what's going on because the way they speak to a lot of the different, you know, day-to-day life, it's just so universal. And so you see things like clashes between the husband and wife over gender and what's, you know, proper and appropriate for the husband, the, the dad of the family to do. What about the wife? There's definitely generational clashes that you see between the parents and the kids who are adults. You know, they're fully grown adults. Janet, the daughter still lives at home. So some of the tension that comes in with that, they have customers who constantly come through the store. And one of the things that is so precious and darling to me, I could almost start crying, even though this is a sitcom. (laughs) It's not a drama (laughs) at all, you guys, it's a sitcom. But something that I love love, love about Kim's Convenience is that the neighborhood that they're in in Toronto has a lot of immigrant families. And so there are people of uh, represented from every possible walk of life who come through the store, whether, you know, they're from different Asian cultures, some people are white, there's Latino people who come through, Muslim people. And the great thing is that the show just acts like it's totally normal. Now, sometimes, the show will you know, play around with it like different cultural misunderstandings, but it's not in a tense way. It's in a curious way, like a, oh, explain that to me kind of way. But other times it just treats the fact that there's just like this big blend of people in this neighborhood as just like, this is just how life is. It's how life should be. And also another thing that I love is it is unapologetically Korean. And so they talk about, you know, the different foods and they are a Korean Christian family. And that's like really important to this family. And so there's like Korean church politics. Not that this is like a Christian show, but that's like a key part of their family. It also causes tension between like the parents and the son. The mom is always trying to find a nice traditional Korean Christian girl for the son. (laughs) But yeah, it's so fully Korean without any apology. And it does not try to over explain Korean culture or the way family dynamics work in that culture to the viewing audience. It's just like, hey, this is just us. You either are going to get it or you don't kind of thing. But it's so charming. I was like two episodes in and I was like, oh, now I get why everybody's obsessed with this show. And they were so excited. I think we started hearing buzz about it in the Hangout group when the fourth season came out on Netflix. And I was like, oh, I get it. So Daisy and I actually have been watching it together a couple of evenings a week. We'll just turn it on you know, it's a sitcom. So they're like 20 minute episodes. You can breeze through a couple and there's lots to go through. And she and I both at the end of every episode, we're just like, Oh, I love this show.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so cute.
0: (laughs) It is so great. I cannot, cannot, cannot emphasize enough how great this show is. If you need something comforting, If you want to have a vision of what life could be like, as imagined by the writers of this show, it is fantastic. So again, it's Kim's Convenience. You can find it on Netflix. And there's several seasons out that you can just kind of pop on whenever you need a little pick-me-up from our generous neighbors up north who create a lot of great TV. Thankfully, they had Kim's Convenience to share with us via Netflix. So great. Oh, for this and so many things. Thank you, Canada. Okay, so those are our Awesomes of the Week this week. As always, we will drop links in the show notes for you guys if you want to go check them out as well. And, you know, on Instagram every Friday, we're asking about what's awesome in your life. If you haven't found us, we'd love to have you over there at Sorta Awesome Show. And you can find us on Facebook. I mentioned our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is a place where not only do we talk about Awesomes of the Week every Friday, but every week we're also talking about what we're watching, reading, and cooking every week during this time of quarantine, kind of keep each other encouraged, kind of give each other new ideas, new things to try. And so we have a lot going on over there these days. If you haven't found us on Facebook, please do come find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Okay, awesomes, today we're talking confessions, and I have a confession to make. Even though I have had a smartphone for gosh, 10 years now, I've never really been one to put games on my phone. All of the mobile games I've ever found seemed really intense and like they were just going to be a huge distraction in my life. But I finally found one that I'm absolutely loving and it's Best Fiends. The number one thing that I super love about Best Fiends is that it's totally casual. You can spend as much or as little time as you want playing the game, and when you open it back up, it's all good and all fun. I never thought I would get such a kick out of collecting so many cute little bugs and making sure that we can defeat those nasty old slugs. I'm one of those people who absolutely cannot hold still while I'm listening to things, and since I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks and, of course, podcasts lately, I love being able to open up Best Fiends and keep my brain engaged while I'm listening. It really is such an exciting puzzle experience that is unlike any of the other puzzle games out there. I love that Best Fiends also updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old and boring. Plus, a bonus is it does not require the internet to play, so you don't need to worry about Wi-Fi access or using your cell data. So Awesomes, engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play download best fiends free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends all right rebecca confessions time you and i both have a list I think that you're better about this than I am. You usually have kind of a running list of like, oh gosh, I remembered this or this thing happened. I can definitely add this to a confessions show because we know we're always like, you know, should we do another confessions show? The timing seemed right to be like, yes, we're doing another confessions show.
1: (laughs) Okay. I was attending a conference called Blistem in Nashville, Tennessee. It is for online business creators. So I was there with some people that I have run in blogging circles with and people I've collaborated with for a long time. And we were just there to learn about online business and all these different aspects to it. But I was spending a lot of time in particular with our friend Beth from Red and Honey. She runs a blog there that is all about natural living and whole foods. She's really, really a talented writer. And I was having so much fun with Beth. And one of the things that we kept joking about is at the convention center that we were at, there were these huge glass windows, just like floor to ceiling windows. And so if you would get up really close, if you are a little bit afraid of heights, it could actually step out away from the building just a little bit. And so the very last night of the conference, and I was talking to this businessman about an interaction, a product that he, was having me try. And so we're close to the wall. We're close to the windows. And I'm actually leaning kind of against the windows. We're like right there. So as we're talking, I suddenly start to fall backwards. (laughs) And I... (laughs) First of all, I scream because... Beth's words are like instantly come into my head. I am falling through this window. (laughs) I'm about to die. I'm falling. (laughs) So I scream. I scream. Well, the gentleman, (laughs) seeing my horror and panic on my face and in my voice, he reaches out to grab a hold of me to prevent me from falling through the window. But imagine my shock. When I don't actually land on the cement below, but I only actually fell like two inches or like three inches. Oh my gosh. So what had happened, what had happened was that I was actually leaning against like a current. They had these large Like industrial blinds that were about halfway down the window. And I was leaning against that and I was right at the edge between one window and the next window. And so I was leaning in just the right spot where it like gave way and fell backwards just a little bit in this gap between the blind and the actual window. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. I can envision this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's like just like a two or three inch gap between the blind. And the actual window, I was leaning against the blind thinking I was actually against the window. The blind gives way and I fall (laughs) a whole two inches (laughs) to my near (laughs) death. The worst part about all of this is, you know, you would think it would just be the horror of me screaming in this man's face and requiring him to reach out and grab me when I'm not even really falling. But the real horror of it was, is that this struck me as so funny because I realized this is all just because Beth all weekend long had been saying, oh, my goodness, we're going to fall through the window. No, you're going to fall through the window. And I really, really thought I was falling through the window. It struck me as so funny. Meg, I could not get my act together. I immediately after I realized what happened, burst out laughing in one of those like ugly cry laughing moments where like cannot stop I was trying so hard and we're still in the middle of this business exchange so I'm like first of all I'm apologizing I'm apologizing for the fact that I just like screamed in his face and interrupted our exchange with this terrible fright of me falling two inches and I explained to him oh no you understand like all weekend, my roommate thought that she was going to fall. And here I thought for a moment, oh, my goodness, I'm falling. Isn't that funny? Because I wasn't afraid at all. And, and I'm trying to explain it. But then, like, I can't stop laughing. Yes. I cannot stop. I keep giggling. He tells me that I had a look of utter fright on my face. I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure he did. <laughs> OK, so fast forward, then I finally, finally finish up. I tear myself away from this man. He's probably thinking good riddance. I go up to my friends and at this point, I am full-blown crying. Tears are streaming down my face and I tell them the entire story of me and my near-death experience of falling through the window. Beth, in her brilliance, actually records me, like videotapes me telling the story with the tears streaming down my face. I have it on my Instagram highlights if you want to check it out. It was not (laughs) a good look for me. I mean... It was not a good look.
0: (laughs) Oh, Rebecca, I can only imagine just like the adrenaline surge that you really like your brain didn't know the difference. Your brain really thought, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to die. The adrenaline surge, I'm sure it took you a long time to like come back to your body again and your mind. And your body was like probably trying to like do a big adrenaline release through all of the crazy
1: laughing and cry laughing it was something else. It really was.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good story. It's a good story to tell on yourself for sure. Okay. Well, my first confession, speaking of telling stories on yourself, this goes back a long, long time ago. Most of mine actually do take place in the past.
1: (laughs) Yours are like pretty recent. I'm like, this happened to me yesterday.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay. We're going to go back in time to my childhood To my very first experience with being a host of a TV show. Now, what does that mean? Don't get too excited or anything. Well, listen, there wasn't a real TV show. (laughs) But when I was a kid, I don't think I've ever actually told anybody this story out loud. When I was a kid to entertain myself when I was cleaning house, because here's the thing, this is true to this day. When I'm cleaning house, I cannot just simply like be in the moment, like spraying the Windex on the mirror, wiping it down, dusting, vacuuming. It's so boring, Rebecca. It's so, so mentally numbingly boring that I need some kind of entertainment. Well, now in the modern era, we have podcasts or audiobooks or music to listen to. Now, of course I would have had access to music when I was a kid, but for some reason, rather than listening to music while I was cleaning, when I was a kid, and I'm not talking about like a little kid, I'm talking about like probably upper elementary. I did this on into junior high and high school, when I was cleaning, I would pretend like I was hosting a housekeeping show that people were watching that I was performing for an audience.
1: And what a (laughs) riveting show it must have been. (laughs) This is so dumb. (laughs) This
0: is so dumb. It's so dumb that I was performing the tasks for an audience and teaching them as I went through each step, like this is the proper way. Now today we'll be cleaning the bathroom mirror. You're going to want to start with your Windex. And this was like, I realized now that I was like operating on a parallel track to what Martha Stewart was doing in her real actual career,
1: you know, (laughs) but I didn't know who Martha Stewart was. Sure. Yeah. This was educational. I get that. I was teaching teaching the people
0: who, again, you know, this would have been riveting TV to watch so many cleanups. When I saw Martha Stewart and her whole thing years later, I was like, well, I've been doing that for years. I've
1: been doing that for years. (laughs) She
0: totally stole my gig. Yes. (laughs) She stole it from you. But I would genuinely, I would entertain my (laughs) own self while I was cleaning. (laughs) For some reason, I really have a vision in my mind of doing this when I was cleaning the bathroom. And I think it was because I had the mirror, like I did have a built-in audience of my own self.
1: (laughs) Well, sure. Yes. That makes so much sense.
0: Oh my gosh. So that is a huge confession for me that I imagined myself into being a TV host cleaning my house as a child for like. You know, who knows? Untold millions would tune in to get their housekeeping inspiration from me and 12 year old girl.
1: (laughs) That's fantastic. Meg, I find this so relatable because you're going to think I'm lying. I did the same thing. (laughs) Are you serious? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Except except for, for.
0: Oh my gosh, I've never heard
1: anybody else say this. (laughs) Okay, except I didn't have a cleaning Martha Stewart themed show. My show was like a reality TV show where cameras (gasps) just followed me around (laughs) while I did everyday, ordinary tasks, but as a ballerina.
0: Oh, well, there you go. That's a great reality show concept. Honestly, you were just ahead of your time.
1: Okay, it was called Had a name. Are you ready for this? Oh my gosh. Ballet with Becca in her household.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is priceless.
1: The kicker here is that I never took dance lessons. I was not a ballerina. I was just making it up and doing just like ordinary tasks, like going out to feed the dogs and like whatever I was doing. But I would do it as if a camera was following me. And there would be times where I would cheat because, of course, the camera can't see my full body all the time. So I might just have my arms up in like a, I don't know, ballet terms, in like a pirouette position. Pirouette? That's not what you do with your arms. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know, I might just have my arms up, but then I'm (laughs) actually flat footed on the ground because the camera can't see that part because there's something blocking me. And then in the times when the camera could see all of me, that's when I would be up on my tippy toes doing like the full thing. But, you know, that's just my little secret that the viewers of Ballet with Becca in her household were not privy to.
0: (laughs) Rebecca, this is the most on-brand confession I have ever heard from you. It was reality TV with a really specific concept, and you had all these producer secrets going on behind the scenes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I am dying. That is hilarious.
1: You and I, we've been training for this gig of podcast hosts our entire lives.
0: Absolutely.
1: It truly is in us. Oh, my word. It's my turn for the next confession. That was just a bonus. Yeah, that was you. Okay. Yeah, you guys got a bonus for sure. That wasn't even on Rebecca's list,
0: but I'm so glad that that triggered that ballet with Becca in her, what was it? In her household? In her household. (laughs) It's a very proper title. Did you go by Becca when you were a kid? Or that was just maybe like your on-camera name?
1: No, I did some. Now, my family always called me Rebecca. I've never been a Becky, but in school, I did end up becoming a Becca at some point. I may have even used an accent. Who knows? I mean, that also seems on brand, but (laughs) who knows? Okay, well, let's hear your next one. Okay, so my next confession is pretty epic. Also, I would say this past January, I had a birthday and my husband surprised me by really just allowing me to live my best life and really indulge in my major obsession at the time. So, as awesome's may remember, this past fall I accidentally became obsessed with One Direction and Harry Styles. And that obsession it has continued to this day. For my birthday, my husband gave me tickets to go see Harry Styles this summer. I don't think that's going to happen, Meg. <laughs> that's
0: oh, no. Sad. <laughs> that is a very big bummer to this story, which is one of my favorite stories of yours. But okay, the main part of the story is still very funny. So.
1: But the main part of the story. So he surprises me with these tickets to see Harry Styles and to take my girlfriends with me. And so he gives me a gift bag. I pull out the first item in the gift bag. It's this piece of paper with a picture. Of my girlfriends and I, and a very poorly photoshopped Harry Styles. And then I pull out the birthday card and.
0: <laughs> Wait, I feel like I need to stop you right here because you said very poorly photoshopped Harry Styles. Like, you guys, we may have to even just put this directly into the show notes, but you have got to see the visual for this. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like having to bite my tongue to not die laughing all over again. The Photoshop version of Harry of this is so stinking hilarious. Okay, please continue.
1: It's so good. My husband chose a terrible picture of Harry for this very bad Photoshop. (laughs) Maybe it's like his latent
0: jealousy of Harry coming out. He's like, I'm going to find the worst. I know that's a good looking boy, but he's got some bad pictures out there and I'm going to find it for this card.
1: (laughs) Okay. So then in the card that my husband writes for me, he includes like song titles to Harry's albums and it is just the sweetest. So there's this whole presentation of the Photoshop picture, the card with the lyrics, the tickets, and I am like over the moon. I am so excited. I go to social media and I tell everybody I post it on Instagram. I post it on my personal Facebook page. You guys are not going to believe what my husband gave me. The image that I use is this like poorly Photoshopped image of Harry Styles with me and my girlfriends. And then I say, and just check out what he wrote in the card. He is just the best. And then I post word for word what my husband writes in this card to me. (laughs) Fast forward. okay, this all seems very normal on my end. But fast forward to later that day, or maybe it was the next day I was talking to my parents on the phone. And my mom starts to unravel things for me just a little bit. (laughs) When she asks me, she says, Rebecca, who was that woman in the photo of you that you posted about the tickets that Nate (laughs) gave? And I was like, woman? That was Harry Styles. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, she says. I couldn't figure out who the strange woman was. And guys, many people thought that this was some strange woman in a picture with me. I even had one person send me a DM and confess to me (laughs) that she tapped my photo on Instagram to see if this strange woman was tagged so that she could check out her profile because she thought something seemed a bit off about her. And she just had to know what her deal was. But it gets worse. So then my dad is talking to me on the phone, wishing me a happy birthday, yada, yada, yada. And then he breaks out with So did Nate mean everything that he wrote in your card? It seemed a bit intense. And all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. My dad has no idea that these were actually lyrics and song titles to Harry's album, to his songs. Oh, my word. Who else has no idea? Because, guys, when I wrote this post on Instagram and Facebook, I gave zero context. I said that I got these tickets. I said and read what my husband wrote in the card, but I didn't say that they were lyrics. I just thought, well, surely it's obvious because if you think he actually wrote it, then you think he's crazy because you guys, (laughs) let me just read to you what I posted, what he wrote.
0: This is so priceless. Okay.
1: I posted this on social media. Okay. It starts out, to my sweet creature, first red flag. Very creepy, if you don't know that Sweet Creature (laughs) is the name of one of his songs. (laughs) Right off the bat, Nate looks like a psycho. Okay. To my Sweet Creature, being married to you is like stepping into the light. Your kisses are like watermelon sugar. It must be a sign of the times I adore you, Nate. Oh my word, I'm so embarrassed even just now reading that again. (laughs) Your kisses are like watermelon sugar? Oh, this is just mortifying. My post on Facebook did not get a ton of traction. It didn't get a lot of interaction. Well, it's because everybody thinks that I'm like super oversharing, that my husband has this weird, twisted, romantic sense. It just sounds like he's on drugs trying to write poetry. I mean, oh my word, it's so embarrassing. Oh my gosh! It is so funny, and I do. I remember when I read
0: because I don't really know Harry Styles' lyrics either. I don't even really know a lot of his solo like song titles. I mean, for being honest, I don't know a lot of One Direction's song titles. So I was reading through it, and I was like, "Well, this is sure interesting." Nate. <laughs> it wasn't until I got to the "It Must Be a Sign of the Times." I was like, "Oh." sign of the times. Now I know that. And then I went back and reread it through again. And I was like, Oh, I see what you've done here. Yes.
1: I'm an idiot. So I went yeah. back and I, no. I updated <laughs> the post and I said that, Hey, these are solid. But by that point, the damage had already been done. My aunts and uncles and everybody have already read it and already thought that Nate thinks that my kisses are like watermelon sugar. Legit, they think that that's what he believes. (laughs) I have never been so lost in my own obsession to not see clearly the chaos that I was posting on the internet. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh, that was such such a good one. Oh my goodness, makes me laugh every time I think about it. And really and truly, you guys have got to see the visual of this if you haven't already, because the card, like when you, I don't know, (laughs) when you look at the card, you either see one of two things: you either see a badly photoshopped Harry Styles straight away. And it's very clearly him or you are like, what's happening with this human being right here? There's a lot to unpack here and none of it looks right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, my next one is more of an unpopular opinion, I think, than a confession. No, I'm going to confess something, but it's going to sound like an unpopular opinion. We're going to get there eventually. (laughs) Here is my confession slash unpopular opinion. I think that we have gone way, way overboard on not spoiling people about (laughs) pop culture things.
1: Are you directing this like right at me? I am so sensitive to spoilers. I hate sharing. Are you? Oh my goodness. Okay. What, what what were we recording just recently where I was like, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for people. You're like, Rebecca, the show ended like oh, 10 years ago. Wasn't that what we're watching yes. now episode? I was like, oh, we have to be yes, so careful was. about spoilers. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yes, they haven't watched by now. I think it's OK. And what were you watching? Like Friends or okay, something? Now. I was like, oh, don't spoil it. <laughs>
0: I didn't mean to direct this at Rebecca, <laughs> but yes, Rebecca, this is actually directed at you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but seriously, like, I think that we have become a little overly sensitive to it, especially, especially Rebecca, with shows <laughs> that have ended <in> years ago. <laughs> but here's the thing I feel like we have lost something in our culture when we can't all talk about a thing when it's happening because we're so terrified that we might spoil something for someone. Now, Of course, the other side of this coin, Rebecca, is that there are people who are monsters who delight in spoiling things immediately. I'm not advocating for that. There are people who think it is so great and get such a kick out of, you know, seeing the movie, watching the season finale, whatever the thing is, and then immediately going online and talking about it in specifics. Now, I do not commend that. That I feel like is not okay. But I am talking about like, I think it's okay if you need a couple of days to catch up on something, especially, I'm not even talking about binging a show that came out a long time ago. I'm talking about like real life, like season finales or like when a big movie comes out. We have lost the ability to be able to have a conversation about it because we all, instead of like when I was growing up, and now this is going to date me so much, but when I was a younger kid, I'm gonna say early elementary-ish is when the big nighttime soap Operas were on like Dynasty and Dallas and Falcon Crest. Now, I wasn't really super allowed to watch those, but sometimes I might sneak through the living room when it was on or whatever. The big show at the time, of course, was Dallas. And one of the big pinnacle plot moments was Who Shot JR, one of the characters on there. Well, when that all happened, and again, this was when I was a little kid, you could expect that the next day everyone's going to be talking about that because everybody collectively watched it together. And they got to have that communal experience. I'm using a lot of big hand motions right now. Rebecca's gonna, (laughs) she's getting to see my big feelings come out of my body with this. But we all got to have this communal experience of talking through a thing that happened. And now the good thing is we can watch things at our own leisure on our own timeline, but it's all staggered. And so we never know when we can talk about a thing. And I've noticed this even in the Hangout because people will want to talk about something, maybe a show that we've recommended or a book that we've recommended on the show on Sort of Awesome and people will want to talk about it but then they're like, oh, but I don't want to start a thread because somebody might accidentally get spoiled. I don't know. I just feel like maybe we've gone a little too far in anti-spoiler culture.
1: Well, it is a different time. It's a completely different way that we are consuming media. But you're thinking that while being sensitive to the changes in how we're consuming media, that we're too sensitive. We're taking it too far. Mm-hmm.
0: So anyway, I will say though, take this all with a grain of salt because I actually do enjoy spoilers sometimes. In fact, once I discovered that you could get some pretty legit spoilers for The Bachelor on The Bachelor subreddit, I was like, I'm going to try this because you know a lot of people, including you, are very, very, very anti-spoiler. You do not want to know what happens on The Bachelor Bachelorette. Once I discovered that was a thing, I was like, oh, this is actually, for me, I know this is a controversial opinion. For me, reading spoilers and knowing what's going to happen at the end makes the season so much more fun.
1: I can't wrap my brain around that. I
0: don't know how to explain it. I really
1: can't. And I'm scared (laughs) to like give it a try because what if I hate it?
0: (laughs) Right. Totally. I have a feeling you might hate it because it seems like you do not like to be spoiled about things.
1: I don't, you know, when somebody recommends a book to me and they give me kind of like the general premise or whatever, or even if they just say, oh, I think you would really like it. I don't even read the back cover. I don't read anything. What? (laughs) What? Yeah, I don't like (sighs) you just go into it totally blind. Well, because for some books I've read that, oh, their son dies and then they get divorced and yada yada. So I'm reading like the first two or three chapters waiting for the son to die. And I'm like, oh, this is so sad. I would rather just be hit by it unexpected that everything is like brand new.
0: Oh man, not me. See, if the sun (laughs) dies, I want to know straight away. I need to be emotionally prepared before I get invested in that. So this is very interesting. Hmm, There's some kind of sociological thing going on here.
1: I don't tend to
0: read book blurbs. I don't. I don't even know what to do with that. I cannot imagine living that life. (laughs) That's crazy to me. Yes. Okay. But I'm also a kid. When back in the olden days, when we watched TV at the same time, and we all knew who shot JR at the same time, I would get like the TV guide or not even like a real TV guide, but our local newspapers version of the TV guide. And I would read through all of the plot points of my favorite shows for the upcoming weeks. I don't know. You may even be too young to remember this. Used to list the show and do like a one sentence synopsis of what was going to happen. And I would go through and read all of those. I just couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen.
1: It's really funny because like even on like netflix and hulu they give that little <laughs> summary for each episode and i never ever ever oh read them God. i don't even like accidentally seeing the thumbnail or <laughs> reading the title i cannot because there's been times where like oh somebody might die well no they're not gonna die because i saw them in the thumbnail like five episodes down the road no they're not dying Oh my gosh. Of course they're going to be around. My face hurts from laughing so much.
0: (laughs) I had no idea before we started this recording that you and I were such polar opposites about this issue. This is so funny.
1: Good, good stuff. Okay. Okay. So my last one is all about this past January. I had pneumonia. Okay. And I just want to say that going into this, I thought that I had kind of worked on myself with like body positivity. And the number on the scale isn't as important as how you feel and how you look. And numbers can be deceiving and it's not all about the numbers. And yeah, that number on the scale is higher now than it was like 10 years ago, but like that's okay. I've come to accept it, like all this stuff that has been somewhat important to me. I thought I had that all under control. And then fast forward to January. And I had pneumonia and I was sick in bed for several days. I pass out and my husband takes me to the ER, okay? Spoiler alert, I'm fine. I'm still alive and well. (laughs) But we're at the ER and they ask me my weight and I tell them. And then they tell me that the bed that I'm on can like weigh me. Oh. Like they're calibrated to do that. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, the number that they told me was 30 pounds heavier than what I thought I was. Okay, all right. So here I am thinking, I'm all okay with this. The number on the scale doesn't matter. I had passed out. I am not well. I am like barely answering their questions, barely opening my eyes, barely moving. They say this number, 30 pounds heavier, and I spring to life. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What did you say? no, that's not right. What? I weigh how much? You like sit up straight up in bed and you're like, (laughs) no, 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 no. Exactly. My husband (laughs) described the scene as like, I am half dead, can barely, (laughs) barely get out the answers to these questions, can hardly be bothered to be telling them about how I've been feeling. And then they tell me that I weigh 30 pounds heavier than I thought. And suddenly I'm Lazarus. I have risen from the dead and I have sprung back to life. (laughs) Guys, I was so upset. I said, well, was my husband leaning on the bed? Like, how is this possible?
0: That would have been my first thought. Like, no, you need to recalibrate this bed.
1: They do reweigh me and I'm looking at Nate like a hawk. Like, don't you dare even breathe on this bed because I swear (laughs) you were leaning on it when they took my weight before. (laughs) And they did adjust it, but it still was a lot heavier than I thought. And so my husband is looking at me and he's just trying to figure out what's going on in my brain. He's like, well, I guess our scale is off. And I'm like, by 30? How? I mean, I haven't weighed this much, Nate, since I was nine months pregnant. Like, are you kidding me? I haven't eaten for like five days and I'm 30 pounds heavier oh, that's than right. I that I was. Oh, no. Well, OK, I went to the doctor then after I came home from the hospital. And guess what? Their scale weighed me the same as my scale at home. So I stand okay. by the fact that their bed was yes. wrong. But my ultimate confession here is that I thought that I was doing so well with body acceptance. I'm okay with how I am. Well, apparently not.
0: (laughs) No, I get it. I totally do get it. I have had those moments too, where I think I'm just trucking along with all the body positivity in the world. And then like one thing will happen and I'll be like completely in the tank. So I get it. (laughs) I do wish that Nate had snuck a little video of that moment. (laughs) Just your face. (laughs) Oh, good, good, good. Okay. Well, my last one is a story that happened to me that I am almost positive. I have never told anybody else. Not even Kyle. I don't think I told him this when it happened. I don't even think I've told my sister, Emily, this story. It is not my finest moment.
1: Well, I cannot wait to hear it.
0: (laughs) It is a creative bathroom solution.
1: It just
0: has to do with When I had to come up with a bathroom solution for myself real fast in this circumstance was not ideal. This was like 12 years ago. We had just moved from Texas back to Oklahoma and we were living with Kyle's parents at the time for just a few months because Kyle was coaching college football and starting a new career in the financial services industry and the firm that he had signed on to didn't know where they were going to place us yet in Oklahoma. They just knew it was going to be somewhere in Oklahoma, but they hadn't picked a city for us yet. So we were living with his parents for about three months. And so this was when Daisy, our oldest, who's now 15, was about three. And then our younger daughter, AJ, was not even a year old yet. She was like probably nine or 10 months old. I didn't have a minivan either. This was like a long time ago. This is a version of myself I barely recognize anymore. It was just, you know, just the four of us and our little family. My in-laws lived out in a small town about 45 minutes outside of Oklahoma City. So the girls and I'd have something to do, had driven into Oklahoma City and gone shopping at a shopping mall for the day. You know how things are, Rebecca, when you have a toddler and a baby. When it's time, and I had really pushed them to the max because I was just enjoying being out and doing stuff. And I was just having a great time and having a fun day with the girls. But they hit the wall of like, It's nap time. It's now or never. It's complete meltdown. I'm pushing the stroller out of the mall. They're like sobbing and falling apart on the way out of the mall because they are just done. (laughs) (laughs) They are just done. So I get them all loaded up, get the stroller into my trunk. I get them, you know, they're all buckled up. We head home. Again, it's like 45 minutes. So we're leaving the sort of like city limits. Of Oklahoma City. And I am like, oh man, I've got to go to the bathroom. We'd gone and had, you know, lunch at the food court. And I'm sure I drank some kind of gallon sized Diet Coke because, you know, I have my problems with Diet Coke. And we were just outside of the city limits of Oklahoma City. The girls, I should say, as soon as we like head off down the road, completely crash out because they were so tired. And I was like, oh no, I got to go to the bathroom. And I was like, you know, it's like 45 minutes. Like I can hold it. So we get a little bit further down the road and I'm like, shoot, I have got to go to the bathroom. The girls are still asleep in the back. It's just me and the two girls. And so I'm going and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is getting really uncomfortable. And then I start going through these deliberations in my mind. Should I stop? What would I do if I stopped? Because again, I have AJ, who is a baby, not even like a toddler. She's a baby baby. And then my toddler, I only have the stroller. I don't have any of my carriers. I have no sling no nothing to put AJ in because I was you know, just thinking about them all and we had the double stroller and all. Like if I got them up, woke them up after they'd been having this meltdown, they've only been asleep for a little bit. <laughs> it's going to be a mess. I'm going to have to carry the baby into this dirty public bathroom stall. And then I'm going to have my toddler and she's going to be, and Daisy was a very dramatic toddler. I was like imagining her continuing on with her meltdown. But then I was like, but I cannot, I cannot leave them in the car. Not only would I be like so anxiety filled that I probably wouldn't even be able to go to the bathroom, but I was like so terrified that that would be the one time that someone would see these two little. And it also was the summer. I forgot to mention that it was the summer. Like, there's no way I could have left them in the car, and also someone would have called CPS on me. <laughs> so I'm just getting more and more desperate, Rebecca. And so I'm like starting to think, like, what can I do? Like, should I pull over on the side of the road and like go off in the tree line and just like squat down and go? I I'm just like going through every possible scenario in my mind. And I sort of glance over in the seat next to me, diaper bag. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. what if I pee in a diaper? <laughs> and listener, that's what I did. Oh my word. No, no. no I pulled over no. in some parking lot of some random business off of the
1: <laughs> side of the highway. In a parking lot.
0: Yes, I think I maybe pulled around to the back of the building. Like I tried to get a little privacy. I hope. It was like, okay, girls, nobody wake up. Because enjoy your nap. See what I have to do. I'm sure I had shorts on. Get everything off. Get the diaper. Get it all situated. Well, here's an interesting tidbit. Fun fact. Kids diapers are not the same as adult diapers. Oh, really? (laughs) So here I am as a grown adult woman with a full bladder and that diaper, bless its heart, it filled up real quick. (laughs) But anyway, I managed to be able to get enough business taken care of that I could make it home and quickly, quickly dispose of that whole situation. I think I had a plastic bag in the car and I wrapped up the whole thing. And as soon as we pulled it in the driveway of my in-laws house, I took it immediately to their dumpster.
1: hold on. I have follow up questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was your oldest still in diapers? Like did you use her diaper or did you use the baby diaper?
0: It was Daisy's. And yes, she was like on the very end of potty training, like to the point where I would just keep one with me just in case. So it was at least a bigger kids diaper. It was not. So you made the, the smart diaper. choice. Yes, you made the yes. smart choice to
1: use the largest diaper available to you. Okay. Yes. Did you secure the diaper to yourself with the <laughs> adhesive tape?
0: <laughs> no. There's no way. Have you ever tried to put on to your full womanly had a few babies body? <laughs> well, shocker.
1: No, no, I haven't, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, another question. Did it immediately absorb? Or, like, my fear would be that it would slosh around a bit and, like, leak out all over the car seat. It didn't get onto your car.
0: It did a little bit. And I had leather seats at the time, and never was I so grateful to have leather seats because they actually do clean up pretty quickly. It did absorb pretty quickly, but it also filled up really quickly to the point where I was like, oh no, that's all I'm going to be able to do. Like I said, I could only just do enough
1: to just take the edge off
0: <laughs> so oh i could get the rest
1: of the way home how have you never told this story that's like the second your husband comes home for the day that's what you lead with i peed in a <laughs> diaper today how is this the first time that you're talking about this
0: i was just so embarrassed i had to pee in a diaper <laughs> in my baby's diaper <laughs>
1: I had to pee in my baby's diaper. That's going to be the quote that we use on social media for this episode. I had to pee in my baby's diaper.
0: <laughs> so awesomes. I hope that this has been a ministry of laughter to you. Rebecca, and I have shared some of our cringiest experiences and our opinions and Well, I hope that your takeaway is that you've gotten to laugh a little bit at us. Feel free. You know, this is the time. Laugh at us. We can take it. We welcome you to do that for sure. Rebecca, if people want to check you out on social media, if they want to find that very, very awesome Harry Styles Photoshop job on your social media, or just talk about any number of things, where can we find you all around the web?
1: Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Simply Rebecca. And in my highlights there on my profile is where I have the story about almost dying, falling through the window. And I also have a highlight dedicated to Harry Styles where you can see all the evidence and hear that story again there too. Of course, you can find my blog at simplyrebecca.com.
0: Okay. Well, you can find me on social media at Sort of Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sort of Awesome Pod, and you can find us on Facebook at any time at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta of Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Progger. You can find more of Prager's music at proggermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.